So here we are in Psalm 119, verse 97. Oh, who needs uh, the handout? Anybody need, need the Psalm 119 handout? Melissa, can you? That and, that and Matthew 5 and Ephesians 7. Praise the Lord. Okay. All right. So uh, Psalm, 1, Psalm 119, verse 97. Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Thou through thy commandments hast made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients, because I keep thy precepts. I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me. How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. That, uh, through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. And so we're in the Psalm 119 handout on page 4, and it's number 4. It's God's understanding is more than all, all man's collected knowledge. And the blanks are, again, God's understanding is more than all of man's collected knowledge. So that's verse uh, 100. Praise the Lord. We're on 100 of Psalm 119. Yay! <laughs> uh, so um, that's that's the verse that says, I understand more than the ancients because I keep thy precepts. And again, I've, I, I, every time I read these, I always think that people could think that, that that person is boasting in themselves. But they're boasting in God very clearly. And that's what we're getting at now. That uh, I have this note that says, this is part of our heritage as joint heirs of Christ. And, you know, throughout the Bible, you have things that people profited from God's presence in their lives. This is specifically true for us as Christians. We are joint heirs with Christ. Melissa and I were talking about uh, Daniel chapter 7. And there's a lot of things happening that about the end times. And referring to the Lord Jesus coming back to the planet. And, uh, and the Bible is very clear that we will be with him as he comes back and we're all on, on horses and, uh, and coming back. And I was thinking, and as I read that, it seemed to me that we are part of this battle. And obviously the Lord Jesus gets the victory. That victory we share with him. And uh, it's a very important thing to couple together with as we face challenges in this lifetime, uh, we are victorious. With a victory comes in the Lord Jesus Christ. So as he brings victory, uh, we will be coming with him uh, at, at the end times. Thank God for that. And um, so, again, this is part of our heritage as joint heirs with Christ that the psalmist says, I understand more than the ancients because I keep thy precepts. And the thing is, is you know, people glory in Plato, Socrates, all these ancient philosophers. Listen, folks, they do not have even they don't even have the foundation of wisdom. God has that right here. And he is imparting that to those people who follow him, who seek him. The Bible is very good. We talked about this last week that those who seek wisdom from God get it because God invites us. Uh, if any of you lack, lack wisdom, let him ask of God to give it to all men liberally and upbraideth not. So, you know, the ancients and all their collected human knowledge it's nothing compared to God. And, and really what men do is they build upon other men's knowledge. So all men are capable of is, as far as men's collected knowledge, is only what they've gained from past experiences, past knowledge. And listen, a lot of the conclusions they come to are wrong because they're based on man's perceptions. Man's perceptions are, are very much limited to his, to his uh, flawed understanding. 
You know, and a lot of things that Plato and Socrates and who are the other ones? I don't, I don't remember all the, uh, the renowned uh, philosophers of old. Anybody know any names they want to throw out? It's Wednesday, I know. <laughs> I feel the same way. <laughs> uh, what's that? Me? Oh, Bob. Bob Knutson. Very much one of those renowned philosophers. <laughs> anyway, uh, the psalmist says, I understand more than the ancients. And of course, again, that sounds like we're bragging. You know, for any one of us to say to our coworkers tomorrow, I know more than Socrates. I know more than Plato and all these other guys and any other man of renowned understanding, or for that matter, the scientists of today. And they think it's ridiculous that we would compare ourselves to them because they're highly learned men. Listen, folks, and we're going to get to this. We're going to get to some very wonderful things in the scriptures here today. Uh, but God imparts wisdom to his people. And so let's go ahead and get into this. So letter A, God is not limited by the accumulated knowledge of the past. And man is. And even his perceptions that he has about information gained by other men and adding to it is limited to his point of view. How is it that so many people can be coming to such a disparaged point of view or, or, or perception about so many different things? They're jaded. <laughs> Everybody's view is jaded. They're jaded by their own experience and what they want to be true. And that is very much a, a true thing throughout planet Earth today. People are jaded by what they want to be true. You, everybody in this room knows that you could go up to a, a LGBTQ person of that persuasion and try to talk to them, just science, just try and talk to them about biology, and you would gain somebody so angry with you and so unwilling to have the discussion that it could very well turn violent. That person is very much protective of their own point of view and is not accepting outside information. There are tons and tons of billions of people on planet Earth not willing to learn, not willing to be enlightened. And so as the psalmist says, I understand more than the ancients because I keep thy precepts. And God is not limited to, by, by the accumulated knowledge of the past. It's there in your notes there, Revelation 5, 6. I picked this verse for a reason. I don't know if it's going to sound funny to you guys, but let's go ahead and read it. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne uh, of the four beasts, in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are, and, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. And these, this verse is referring to God's omnipotence, <laughs> om, om, uh, uh, omniscience, and omnipresence. That God is, he's all-knowing, all-powerful, and everywhere. And there's a psalm I don't have in front of me but where, where, the psalm, where David, I believe it's David, says, where could I go from your presence? And there, the answer is nowhere. You could go to hell. You could go to heaven. You could go anywhere you want. You would not escape the presence of God. And not just that, but he, he knows all things. We're going to look at several verses about that. Um, so turn with me to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 9. <laughs> Very incredible verse. And, and you see some in Isaiah this uh, God reproving them for their worship of idols. And this is, this is some of that. So Isaiah chapter 40, and starting in verse 9. O Zion that bringeth good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem that bringeth good, bringeth good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength, lift it up, be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, behold your God. 
Behold, the Lord God will come with strong hand, and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work before him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the the lambs with his arm, and carry them in his bosom, and he shall gently lead those that are with young. Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, and meted out heaven with a span, and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains in scales, and the hills in a balance. Who hath, who hath directed the Lord, uh, I'm sorry, who hath directed the spirit of the Lord, or being his counselor, hath taught him. And we could keep going. But what I, what I really like about reading everything that we did there is God is not just all-powerful, all-knowing, and in all places because of who he is. <laughs> you read this, and he is a shepherd God. He is, he is the God that is looking to bless the inhabitants of planet Earth. He is seeking to be the shepherd to everyone here. I, I, I can't praise God enough. He, verse 11, he shall, feed his flo- he shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those of the, those that are with young. And I thank God for the verse where the Lord Jesus is uh, speaking about how uh, the, if any of you if you have a hundred sheep and one go out from the sheep that, that the shepherd or the owner of the sheep would leave the 99 and go out into the wilderness and find one lost sheep. And when he has found it, he rejoices and he puts it on his shoulders <laughs> because the lamb is precious to him. So God is not just an all-powerful God able to destroy us with, with a thought. He is that. But he's not just that. Glory to God. He is that shepherd that loves us more than a shepherd loves his lost lamb and goes out seeking it. And that God is actively seeking the inhabitants of planet Earth today. All the lost souls on planet Earth, God would save them if they would submit to his salvation. Jesus has already done the work of salvation, every bit of it. There is nothing hindering any person on earth from receiving forgiveness of sins and the gift of eternal life. They could receive it and be saved today. And it's something we as believers rejoice in, that anybody can be saved today. However, everybody in this room, I'm sure, is aware of the fact that most people on planet earth are not saved. Why? Because they're trapped in their own perceptions and will not accept truth outside of what they already think is true. It's it's a tragic reality that everybody could go to heaven and spend eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ and know eternal bliss beyond words that anybody could form, and yet many people willingly turn away. The Bible says, I think it's 1 Peter, they are willingly ignorant, willfully ignorant. And that is a tremendous tragedy. Again, beyond words. And I I just thank God that it says here that uh, verse 12, who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand. (laughs) These these words that Isaiah uses, they're they're practically, they're beyond my capacity to understand all the waters of the earth in the hollow of his hand. (laughs) Or how about, and, and this is the verse that led me here, comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure. I think we're all probably guilty of kind of glossing over reading things like this or or just thinking about God. Well, he's God. Well, yeah. Amen. He's God. (laughs) But when you think about these things, 
God knows the exact number of all the grains of sand and dust on the planet. He knows the exact number. I, I, I'm sure I'm not the only one that's just, just it's boggled by the fact that God knows how many hairs are on my head. He certainly does. Yeah, it's easy. It's easier all the time. <laughs> he has to count a few less probably every day. So anyway, the point is, is that God knows all things and it's not hard for him. And I, I am someone rather, you know, challenged <laughs> mentally by all kinds of things. I, I'm not very good with numbers and, and, and crunching them in my mind. My mind just begins to quit right away and, and I'm getting old, so it just becomes easier to quit. <laughs> But he comprehended the dust of the earth. These are things that God is not limited by man's natural uh, limitations. You know, the things that we just accept as part of every person's life, they're not part of God's life. He's not limited in any way other than his character. His character forbids him from doing wrong. And that stupid phrase that somebody came up with, probably some super smart atheist, you know, can God make a rock so big he can't move it? Well, that's just stupid. That's something that, an, that a, a really smart idiot would come up with. God, there are plenty of things that God will not do, cannot do because it's against his holy character. But other than that, God is not limited. How many times did, is, did, did, did Israel provoke the Lord to the point where he said he was going to annihilate the human race or the, 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 the uh, Jewish race and start over with Moses? And because of Moses' intervention, he did not do that. And the thing is, as many people, well, that God of the Old Testament, he's just a God of, of anger and wrath and judgment. He is a God who is constantly holding out his hand and Israel was guilty many times and the whole human race of slapping his hand away. You know, and, and what provokes the Lord, what did many times with Israel, is unbelief. That refusal to accept that God knows best. Brother Albert. It says in the Bible, we had the faith of mustard seed. Amen. That we can move a mountain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how big a rock would it be? <laughs> it's like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and that's and that's touching on the on you know just the smallest you know the smallest amount of of, of faith and we would be able to do things that that defy comprehension and his ability is a lot greater than that. yeah and he, he's right exactly and you know and that's the thing is is and and the thing that that was an indictment against israel was they had seen so many you know, just earth-shattering revelations of God. They had seen his power. They had seen the judgment on the gods of Egypt. And yet they still came to, dip, to, to places where they could exercise faith. And they, they gave up immediately without even trying. And yet before we point our fingers at Israel, how many times are we guilty of that? But where it gets difficult to see things by faith and we just give up. We immediately turn to, you know, uh, to things that cannot save, things that cannot deliver. And so uh, I, I thank God for that verse in Revelation and, and these verses in Isaiah. So let it be, he imparts his wisdom to us, mysteries hidden from the foundations of the earth. And so turn with me, well, no, it's here in your, no, turn with me Colossians chapter 1. I missed a verse there. Colossians chapter 1, verse 24. 
and this is Paul speaking, he says, Who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church, whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach warning every man, uh, warning, uh, whom we preach warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus, whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. And so this passage refers to the fact that God is actively revealing to his people things that have been kept hidden and is a mystery even now to the entire earth. And so um, so in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, in verse 6, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6, This is Paul again speaking. He says, Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for that had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. As it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we may, might know the things which are, that are freely given to us of God. And I think that many times as, as you know, Whoever, you know, might be loved ones or friends or co-workers or, you know, people presenting a worldly view that is minus God or minus the truth. And we sort of feel like we have to meet them where they are. Listen, folks, what people believe minus God is entirely diametrically opposed to what we know to be the truth. We should never feel inferior we should never feel like, well, because I don't have his degrees or his doctorate or whatever, that I should not, I should never lock horns and battle with him because he's smarter than I am. But the Bible's very clear. It's two different planes. That's why we are ambassadors for Christ. We're coming to them from a distant land they have never been to. And so, you know, the thing is, is if we ever feel like intellectually we're on different planes, that's meaningless. We come to them with experience. Christ has forgiven my sins. He has made all things new, believe it or not. But I am there. Christ has forgiven me, and I am testifying that to you. Ben? It's kind of funny because um, in like the Bible's times, education was kind of like something that was very scarce and right. attainable for most people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And God tells them that they're going to go before kings and he's going to tell them what to say and mm-hmm. what to perform and stuff. And, like, the kings were the people with the educations back then. You know, the kings were the people who had tutors. The fishermen are the people who their right. parents told them what their parents told them. And that's as far as their education went. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we think about, like, oh, well, this person's you know, got a doctorate in this or whatever. And, you know, they would debate 
but Peter and the other disciples had so much less of an education than we did. Right. And in comparison to the people who had the only education at the time, they were still sent before those same people to right. testify and to present God to them. So. Yeah, and you know that's and that's a good point that when uh, Peter and James and John. They were brought before the Pharisees, and they, they took note that these were unlearned and ignorant men, exactly what Ben was just saying. They were fishermen. It's not that they were stupid. It's that they didn't have degrees. They hadn't been to schools. They hadn't been to the, to the Sanhedrin's, uh, uh, like uh, Paul was raised at the feet of Gamaliel, one of the leading teachers of his day. And so they didn't have those things, and yet the, the, the Bible says that they could speak nothing against what was done because a miracle had been done a man who had been lame all of his life he was above 40 years old i think the bible says and he had no strength in his legs and yet immediately someone that everybody passed this guy every day going into the temple and he would have been been lame all of this time and suddenly he came what walking leaping into the house of god it's not it's not an accident that that you know, someone who's never walked before is now leaping. God gave him strength in his legs, and not just that, but the wherewithal to leap. And it was an amazing mystery, like Ben was just saying. <laughs> and they couldn't say anything against it. But here's one thing that they did say, that these unlearned and ignorant men had been with Jesus. You see, the thing is, is we don't need to come up with a perfect argument. Stephen, was he came, testified before the Pharisees, it wasn't his his amazing knowledge that changed things. It was the Holy Spirit pricking their hearts. Listen, our place is only to testify and let the, let God give us the very words we need to say when he wants us to say them. Brother Albie? Along with what Ben was saying, there's people today that got so many degrees behind their hand to go on the thermometer, but, <laughs> and I'm not that educated, but I trust God, which gave Adam the ability to name all the yeah. Amen. There's not a there's not a scientist or a educator today that could do it by himself no. and come up with all this. God did that. Yeah. God did that. Same God that we serve. Yeah. Amen. And the thing is, is God is constantly giving His people all that they need to be able to testify. And I guess my point in all this is, we never need to disqualify ourselves because God is the only. The only advantage we need, and we have him as our helper and as our, 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 our strength and our knowledge. And so um, 1 Corinthians uh, 6, as we, as we read in all this, um, I don't think we've been, where did we stop? 13. 13, thank you. So let me pick up at verse 13. So, which things also we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. We see this. We see this in our world. The things of God are foolishness to them. Uh, so, so, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of, Christ, mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Isn't that something? <laughs> you know, the thing is, is we may think because I'm not that super smart doctor or whatever, that that gives him some sort of advantage. And it's not true because the Holy Spirit gives us exactly what he wants us to have in every situation. Is it that time? Yep, it's that time. <laughs> OK. <laughs> All right. Well, let me just finish this then. 
that, uh, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world, a mystery that's been hidden from the entire world and kept secret all of this time and revealed to his people. And as we go about and we testify, look, God is at work and he's doing these things. And we all need to be like John the Baptist, who was who was testifying of the coming of the Savior in just a short period of time. But what do we do? We say the Savior has come and he's coming back and that people need to be ready. And again, they can say you're a fool for believing these things. Let them say what they will. <laughs> What happens when the Lord Jesus actually comes back to planet Earth? It's better to be a fool in their eyes than to be found wanting when Christ returns. So our place is to stick with him. <laughs> you know, the thing is, is all those Old Testament passages where God was angry with Israel for their unbelief, for their lack of faith, Listen, the Bible says these things are written for our admonition and learning. We're meant to look at those things and say, Lord, please help me not to lack faith. Because it's sight. Faith is sight. It enables you to walk through this world and see Satan over here. And I don't want to be over there. That's where Satan is. And i got to walk over here. This is where my brothers and sisters are. It is better to walk with the Lord than to gain anything that you think might be attractive with the devil and the world, even if our flesh wants it. So our place is to stick with the Lord and let him give us the words to say or the life to match the words. Let God work and not fret about what the world will say. So um, we'll go ahead and stop right there. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for this time we've had. Thank you for the truth of who you are. And we... Lord, very much praise you for being able to help us, Lord, in, in, uh, in every opportunity we have. We do pray that you please put your words in our mouths and give us the walk that will bring glory to you. Please bless everyone here tonight. Meet all the needs that were mentioned. And please be with Miss Mary North, Lord, and help her to know that we love her and we miss her. And uh, please uh, uh, bless Marilyn with a good job and, and all of her health needs and all the other needs that were mentioned tonight. Bless the Reed family and give them comfort and peace. And we do thank you and ask your blessing. Keep us all safe where we're on the road tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.